Kia ora, I'm Philippa Tolley and welcome to The Long Read from Stuff. This week's story is called The Collapse of New Freeland. It's about an attempt to build a new society inside one of New Zealand's national parks. It's by Stuff's national correspondent, Charlie Mitchell, who joins us now. Hi, Charlie. Hi. This is such a strange story, and you've done heaps of reporting in this space. How did you find out about this one? Yeah, so I would say this is probably the the strangest thing I've come across um, in my reporting on this sort of sphere. I'd come across this idea of New Freeland about a year or two ago. It was floating around online. There was quite a, a prominent Facebook page devoted to this concept, and it just seemed extremely ambitious is how I would describe it. So basically these people wanted to take over a national park and set up their own sort of utopia where the laws don't apply, they don't pay their mortgage or fines or anything like that, and they and they sort of live free from government control. Um, and, and so I'd, I'd seen this and I was aware that there was some activity around it, um, but, but didn't quite have the details because... At some point, everyone involved stopped talking about it, which to me as a journalist suggests that something hasn't quite gone to plan there. So the bulk of the story actually came from Official Information Act requests to the Department of Conservation, who were um, the department sort of overseeing this effort. So all documents came, you know, via official information requests, et cetera, et cetera. Did you ever get to talk to anybody in person who's part of this group? Yeah, I, I did correspond with Liz Lambert, who um, you'll see in the story was one of the people who was actually arrested over this effort. To be honest, I, I didn't get a whole lot of um, useful information out of it. She sort of suggested that she wasn't actually arrested for occupying the park, but... but um, because there was some wider sting on a pedophile ring or something, which obviously I could not substantiate. The the other person who I spoke to, or tried to speak to for this, was Calvin Alp, who is quite a prolific member of this community. He did not respond to me, but a few weeks later, he he's the host of a show called Counterspin Media. So he was on Counterspin Media and, and devoted a segment to me, uh, rebutting my claims and uh, insisting that New Freeland was actually legal and, and could possibly happen, which tends to be the way things go when you report on this movement. You reach out for, for comment and to get their side of the story. They ignore you and then sort of just do their own thing. So yeah, uh, didn't have any great success contacting people, so I mostly had to rely on um, documents and various other things from uh, from Doc and, and social media and things like that. So has this all gone away, or do you think this is going to emerge and there's going to be another mission for the new freelanders. It seems to have died for now, um, as far as I can tell. Uh, I, I think one of the things people in this movement sort of struggle with is just staying focused on, on one thing to direct their energies towards, and, and new freelanders sort of failed. I, I mean, this attempt clearly failed, and so I, I, I think there is no great rush to replicate it. Um, th- I don't think there's any great threat that we're going to lose control of any of our national parks to these people anytime soon. Thanks, Charlie. Now here's John O'Williams reading Charlie's story, The Collapse of New Freeland. The text message was short and ominous. It's the end of the government and all control, it read. Operation Checkmate has begun. Good luck. The recipient was a Department of Conservation, or DOC, employee, who for months had been monitoring a bizarre, 
and clumsy attempt by a band of sovereign citizens to take over Abel Tasman National Park. The Sovsets, as they're sometimes known, had designs on building a commune called New Freeland, a society free of taxes, levies and fines, and not subject to New Zealand law. It was conceived on a sketchy and mostly incoherent legal theory that the Crown does not exist and therefore can't own property, meaning uninhabited public land, like a national park, can be claimed under allodial title. Armed with this information, the New Freelanders plotted to live in the beech forest, alongside marauding wicker and the stiff cook straight breeze proving their long-shot legal theory could be successfully applied and defended. If New Freeland worked, it could have a domino effect. Crown ownership of all land would be rendered void. The state, with its capacity to levy taxes and enforce laws, would crumble. As of writing, the National Park remains firmly under Doc's control. But the previously unreported saga shows the growing influence of Sovset ideas in New Zealand, which are colliding with the actions of government agencies and the public. Like many of the movement's pseudo-legal schemes, New Freeland was driven by a mixture of audacity and fantasy. A belief that thinly sketched legal theories imagined on message boards and in YouTube videos can be willed into real life. While easy to dismiss, the plot, and others like it, have generated concern across central and local governmental agencies. How do you respond to claims from people who don't see themselves as bound by the law? The founding structure of New Freeland was a pop-up tent. It was spotted in September 2020, next to a tiki torch and a jumble of plants, Grapes, herbs, corn, a fig tree. Attached to the torch was a typewritten note, topped with a flag, an image of a dragon devouring itself. This curious mise-en-scene was an announcement. Abel Tasman National Park would soon be occupied by, quote, virtue of universal common law. It read, we further validate our claim by entering upon the land, naming it New Freeland and setting up habitation and cultivation. And the note had a signatory, Kelvin Glenn Alp. Kelvin Alp is the co-host of Counterspin, the conspiracy-fueled web show that offers extreme and outlandish theories about world events. Alp has long been a student of Sovset-aligned ideas, to which he's devoted many hours of his show. Within Sovset mythology, the first and most crucial step to claim land is to plant a flag and announce your occupation. You must then plant a crop to show ongoing occupation before announcing your claim in a public forum. With these steps being achieved, Alp also emailed the Governor-General for good measure the New Freelanders prepared to make their first site visit where they would divvy up the National Park into their own plots. 
I think you're conflating a whole bunch of issues. You don't want to be held to account well, no, on I, I, rising child no, abuse numbers. You can manipulate crime statistics. I, I promised I wouldn't have a tattoo about gotcha journalism. Hang into the National Party's no, attack line no, there. That, that, I think Chris, that, it would be a resignation offence if I didn't deliver tax reduction. Yeah, yeah we're, I'm not worried about it at all. Okay. Nothing if in there. That sits with you perfectly fine. That's what, we're, that's what we're focused on. Whatever happens in politics, the weird, the wonderful, the important, the thought-provoking, we got you. Listen to Tova wherever you get your podcasts. Prepare for an unfiltered journey through the harsh realities of infertility. My name's Nadine Higgins. I'm a broadcaster, a journalist, and I've been trying to make a baby with my husband. That's me. I'm Dan. And we reckon infertility is lonely enough without making it a dirty little secret. In The Human Race with Dan and Nadine Higgins, we share raw and unvarnished stories of couples who have faced the brutal truth of infertility. Unless you've been in it, it's, it's really tough and really lonely. Yeah, and also, this is really weird, but baby showers, you don't need to open the presents in front of everyone. Confronting the harsh reality that not every story has a happy ending. This very blunt, abrasive doctor who I had, you know, had not seen before, who delivered the news, just like, you'll probably never have a natural period again and you'll probably never have a baby. The Human Race, where we share the untold stories of couples in the race of their lives to create a life. I feel like I nearly missed out and I got to do it. And so I feel really lucky. So it's been incredibly positive. Listen today at stuff.co.nz slash the human race or wherever you get your podcasts. The Human Race is proudly brought to you by Elevate. Members agreed to arrive en masse on a since-deleted Facebook page devoted to New Freeland. In a show of symbolism, they agreed to turn up on Election Day. The page's administrator wrote at the time, Remember, the land is yours, free of charge, including tax, rates, levies, permits or licences. The plan was not just posted on a publicly accessible Facebook page. A prospective New Freelander informed the police, asking them not to disrupt the, quote, happy occasion. The letter, obtained by Christchurch newspaper The Press, said, We believe if you look into this matter, you will realise there is no justification for any interference with the people who desire to be part of our peaceful society. Alarmed at the prospect of people taking over a national park, both the Department of Conservation and the police were prepared to intervene if necessary. As expected, early one morning, two women crept into Ngārata, a handsome Kauri homestead near the Tōtaranui campground within the national park, and were arrested and charged with the unlawful occupation of a public building. Other New Freelanders arrived later to examine the land, but there was no occupation that day. For any Sovsit-inspired scheme, there is an inevitable question to ask. Is it for real? The answer, usually, is sort of. But the New Freelanders had an unusual level of conviction, making an answer more difficult to find. Documents released under the Official Information Act show Doc took the plan seriously and frequently liaised with police. In mid-2021, Doc generated an intelligence report detailing the group's background, which it shared with both Doc and police staff who might have to deal with the New Freelanders and their copycats. This level of caution was partly due to Kelvin Alp, who was not just a cheerleader for the project, but also its de facto leader. 
He had sent the text message to the dock employee, which referenced an episode of his show. In the episode, Al pronounced Operation Checkmate, a plan for people to occupy public land and defend it with force, if necessary. Seemingly addressing the authorities, he said, Physical harm will come to you if you try to stop people reclaiming their birthright, their right of existence, their right to the land, their right to do what the hell they want without interference from you. He carried on, They have the right to destroy you if you come at them. Alp, who did not respond to a request for comment before deadline, has a well-documented history of making claims that usually come to nothing, but are tinged with enough to warrant concern. In the early 2000s, he was the public face of the so-called New Zealand Armed Intervention Force. In a 2000 profile for Investigate magazine, the group claimed to have 1,500 troops, some of whom were said to be paid overseas mercenaries. It claimed to have armories stockpiled with assault rifles and rocket launchers. Kelvin Alp himself said the group had been sent on overseas missions funded by wealthy business people. In one operation, he claimed, they were choppered into the jungle and took out a military target. They had no idea we were coming, he reportedly said. We neutralised everyone and cleared out. The group's only public action in New Zealand was to intimidate a bank executive on behalf of a disgruntled shareholder. Alongside the claims being made on Counterspin, Kelvin Alp's history meant Doc could not dismiss the New Freelanders as harmless. Now back to the long read from Stuff. As the saga continued, the Department of Conservation and government ministers received several letters from another New Freelander. One letter said Doc staff had been granted a waiver to continue operating in the national parks, but this had been revoked for a small section. The letter said, We forbid entry into this area and the performance of any satanic or tribal rites anywhere in New Freeland. That apparently included 1080 drops. Another letter, months later, said this waiver would soon be revoked for all of New Freeland, saying, We have gathered our people and shall soon occupy and inhabit our lands. The letters were sent by a former lawyer named Liz Lambert, who Alp once described as the matriarch of Alodial. If Kelvin Alp was the political brains behind New Freeland, Liz Lambert was its legal architect. She was one of the two women arrested during the earlier scouting mission and had been trespassed from the National Park before a court appearance. In a response to the press, Lambert said she believed her arrest at the homestead had been accidental and she had wrongly been caught up in what she alleged was police action against a child trafficking operation. The whole enterprise of New Freeland was based on converting the park to allodial title, a type of landholding used overseas similar to native title. Doing so, Lambert argues, means that public land can then be occupied and stripped of all ownership interests. Allodialising land requires following a series of steps, erecting a flag, planting a crop, and announcing your claim in a public forum. 
Several private online groups are now devoted to Lambert's methods, seemingly driving a flood of interest in the concept. A group called Mirthland planted a flag near Waimea Inlet in Nelson. Similar claims to New Freeland were sent to dock regarding a bay on Lake Taupo and land near the Marua River in North Canterbury. There has been a marked increase in social media activity and engagement with DOC and other public agencies by New Freeland and Splinter Groups, an intelligence report produced by DOC said, quote, indicating the New Freeland movement is extending its activities and gathering followers or emulators. Because the process requires announcing your claim in a public forum, examples are not difficult to find. One person elodialised Hagley Park and Christchurch Hospital. Others elodialised the Beehive during the occupation at Parliament. In one bizarre post, a man appears to have gained access to a property formerly owned by Sir John Key, which he says he elodialised by planting a potato beneath a window. His inspiration? Liz Lambert. She wrote in a comment, He did it with my blessing. After a long period of silence, people were getting anxious about New Freeland. When is there going to be an update on New Freeland? I'm hearing people say it's failed, one commentator said on Telegram in July 2021. The official Counterspin account replied, It definitely has not failed, still very much on track. There had been some minor progress. After complaints, the original flag, a dragon eating its own tail, contained occult imagery, a new design was unveiled. Featuring five stripes and a star, it is suspiciously similar to the flag of Suriname, a small South American nation. A reverse image search suggests the design, which alters the colour of the original Suriname flag, was first posted on website DeviantArt in 2017, with the designer noting it, quote, looks kind of fascist. Eventually, an official update came. Kelvin Alp planned to arrive on September 11, one year after he announced his claim. Once again, Doc and the police were on alert for any attempt to take over the park. Their concerns were not borne out. Because Alp was in Auckland, which had been under a lockdown for several weeks, he couldn't leave. In his stead, a small group proceeded to the campground to assert the claim. On the morning of September 12th, the dock worker on site sent an update on the occupation. New Freeland have moved in last night, the email said. At this stage, there is one motorhome, one caravan and a tow vehicle. The New Freelanders, both of them, could not be identified because the vehicles had illegal number plates which read private. They appeared to be peaceful, the dock worker observed, although one had seemingly offered marijuana to a group of young people nearby. The dock worker wrote, They have repeated the message from Kelvin Alp that dock has been given notice and the department needs to vacate the buildings. They went on, Their only offence so far is cannabis, which is a police issue. Let me know how you want to proceed. Doc decided to wait it out. The next day, one of the men, only identified as Bob, asked a friend to put out an online plea for backup. 
the message said, please, anyone close to Abel Tasman National Park that can get in and help Bob with numbers, please get there now. People have let him down. He really needs support. Support was not forthcoming. After three nights, the men left and the claim was abandoned. The new Freeland concept appears to have languished. The Facebook community has been deleted and little evidence of the saga remains online. Kelvin Alp has inquired on Telegram about privately owned land, seemingly for a similar venture. Liz Lambert said she and Alp were planning an upcoming interview to detail what happened. From my point of view, New Freeland hasn't been occupied because it's based on communal living, and that's something most modern people cannot deal with in any sensible way, she said. It requires a lot of surrendering of your individuality. She believed there was still a place for allodializing land. The way I see allodial being used in modern New Zealand is to resist the three waters and SNA land grabs by the state, she said. Private property is my thing, not communism. Elsewhere, however, she has partly disavowed the New Freeland effort she was once willing to be arrested for. In a video last year, she said, What we did at New Freeland was largely symbolic as far as I'm concerned. Going on, I wanted to prove a legal point. It ended up very messy. That was the collapse of New Freeland on The Long Read from Stuff, written by Charlie Mitchell and read and produced by Jono Williams. This episode was edited by Connor Scott. If you listen via our website, you can hear this story and more like it on The Long Read podcast, available on all the usual platforms. If you liked what you heard, please do give us a five-star rating and a review. It really helps other listeners to find us. Thanks for listening. Ka kite anō. If you liked listening to this pod, help us make more like this. Visit stuff.co.nz support.